For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures I will arise and go forth to the house of my young I will arise and go forth to the house of my father I will arise and go forth to the house of my young House of my young Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom, I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, The End Time Battle Between Jacob and Esau. This is part two of the series. In Genesis chapter 25, it goes on to say in the biblical text, And the lads grew up. In the commentary to the Art Scroll of Genesis, page 1062, it says when they reached 13 years of age, their varying character dispositions became manifest. Jacob frequented the houses of study or sought to follow Torah, but Esau idolatrous temples. This is the commentary of Rashi. And it says about Jacob that he was a whole some man abiding in tents. Tents is a reference to the teaching schools of Shem and Eber, is the commentary of Rashi from the Art Scroll of Genesis on page 1064. In other words, it was Jacob's desire to follow the ways of the God of Israel, but it was not Esau's desire, because remember what did Esau do? He sold his birthright. Now let's look some of the signs and characteristics of this end of days battle between Jacob and Esau. And we're going to look at the following characteristics. Number one, Esau wages a war of violence against Jacob. Number two, Esau says that the mountains of Israel is his possession. Number three, Esau hides in caves. Number four, the Esau's violence is associated, connected with Hamas. Number five, the curse of Allah. Number six, iron mixed with clay. And number seven, Esau wants to make the name of Jacob to be no longer in remembrance. Let's look at these characteristics. Genesis chapter 36 verse 8. It says, Thus dwelt Esau in Mount Seir. Esau is Edom. In other words, Esau, Edom, and Mount Seir are all synonymous terms that refer to Esau. In the Art Scroll of Ezekiel on page 545, commenting to Ezekiel chapter 35 verse 10, which says, Because you said, The two nations and the two lands will be mine, and we will inherit them. In other words, Esau is saying that two nations and two lands will be his, and he will inherit them. The rabbinic commentary from Rashi is that these two nations and lands are northern kingdom and southern kingdom, Israel and Judah. I believe it has the application in today's world, as well as this thought, because I agree with it, that it also represents Israel and the United States, because they often say, death to Israel, death to America. They're saying, these two nations will be mine. We will defeat them. But, in Ezekiel chapter 35 and verse 14, it says, thus as my Lord, or thus says the God of Israel. 
When all the world rejoices, I will make you, Esau, desolate. The commentary to this verse from the Art Scroll of Ezekiel, page 547. The period of time when all the world rejoices is messianic times. It is messianic times. So it's only in messianic times that Esau will be defeated because it coincides with Jacob being redeemed, the end of the exile of the house of Jacob. Looking at the biblical text, Ezekiel chapter 35 verse 2 it is written, Son of man, set your face against Mount Seir and prophesy against it. This is a prophecy against Edom or Esau. Verse 3, O Mount Seir, I am against you. And then in verse 5, it says that Esau has a perpetual hatred and he is shedding the blood of the children of Israel by the force of the sword. What do we call the shedding of the blood of the children of Israel by the force of the sword? We call it homicide or suicide bombings. But notice they're doing it by the sword. What's one of the symbols of Islam? It is the sword. And notice when they're doing it. In the time of their calamity. What's the time of calamity? It is Jacob's trouble or the tribulation, but it is also in the time that their iniquity had an end. What is the iniquity? The iniquity is breaking the covenant at Mount Sinai, which resulted in exile into the nations, but if that's the iniquity, what's the end of the iniquity? That's the end of the exile of the house of Jacob. Therefore, the outcome of this battle between Jacob and Esau is the end of the exile of the house of Jacob, or northern kingdom and southern kingdom, Ephraim and Judah, uniting. It continues on in Ezekiel in chapter 36, verses 1 and 2. Son of man, prophesy to the mountains of Israel. Do you know what the mountains of Israel is? It's the West Bank, Judea and Samaria. This is a prophecy to Judea and Samaria. And say, you mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, because the enemy has said against you, Aha, even the ancient high places are ours in possession. The prophecy to the mountains of Israel is that the enemy would say that the mountains of Israel is his possession. Now, Ezekiel 36 is a continuation of Ezekiel 35. Ezekiel 35, the whole chapter, is a prophecy against Edom or Esau. In the Art Scroll of Ezekiel, on page 549, commenting on who the enemy is, saying the mountains of Israel is their possession, the enemy in this verse is identified as being Edom or Esau by the Midrashi commentary to Exodus in chapter 15 and verse 6. Now we understand it's the enemy or Esau saw that saying that the mountains of Israel is his. Who today is saying that the mountains of Israel belongs to them? It's the Palestinians or they call themselves the Palestinians. The Bible says they're Esau. In Ezekiel 36 verse 5 it goes on to say, Thus says the Lord Surely in the fire of my jealousy. When or what is the fire of his jealousy? If you study this phrase, fire of his jealousy, it is the God of Israel's judgment upon the nations for dividing the land of Israel and saying that the mountains of Israel belongs to Esau or in the modern application the Palestinians. The fire of his jealousy is the judgment upon the nations during the tribulation for dividing the land. So it's in the fire of his jealousy has the God of Israel spoken against the residue of the heathen and against all Edomia who have appointed my land for their possession. What is they want it to be? A Palestinian state. They've appointed the mountains of Israel to be a Palestinian state for their possession, which is the joy of all their heart, but they're doing it with the spiteful minds. What's the despiteful mind? They want to have a legally recognized state that they can bring in military equipment and wage war and destroy the rest of the nation of Israel. That's the despiteful mind to cast it for a prey. Another 
words, to cause it to cease to exist. Now, in the King James of Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 5, it says, I've spoken against the resident heathen and all Edomia. Edomia is the Latin form of the biblical name Edom or Esau. So this is what the God of Israel is saying regarding Edom or Esau. Therefore, what we've looked at here, first characteristic, is Esau is shedding the blood of the children of Israel by the force of the sword. Number two, he's saying the mountains of Israel is his possession. Number three, from the book of Obadiah, we're told that a characteristic of Edom or Esau is is that he hides in caves. Obadiah chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 3. The vision of Obadiah. Thus says the Lord concerning Edom. So the book of Obadiah, one chapter, is written as a prophecy against Edom or Esau. The setting is the day of the Lord. Obadiah chapter 1, verse 15, or the end of days. So in the end of days, we're told about Edom or Esau. In Obadiah 1, 3. The pride of your heart has deceived you. You that dwell, and the King James says, the clefts of the rock. The word clefts is the Strong's number 2288. It is the Hebrew word Hagav, which means class or a place of concealment or retreats. And so it's a place of hiding. Now, the United States government accuses bin Laden and Al-Qaeda as being responsible for the 9-11 events. And so we've been wanting to get bin Laden since 9-11. But for some reason, we're saying we're not able to find him because bin Laden is doing what? He's hiding in caves in Afghanistan or Pakistan. And so this is a characteristic of Esau. He hides in caves. Then continuing on, in Obadiah chapter 1 verse 10, it says, For your violence against your brother Jacob, shame will cover you and you'll be cut off forever. The word violence is Strong's number 2555, and the way you pronounce the word in Hebrew is Hamas. For the Hamas against your brother Jacob, shame will cover you. And who is regarded as the enemy of Israel among the Palestinians? It's Hamas. They are our enemy. You see, the God of Israel has already explained in detail the present condition and situation, described it for you so we can understand it. He said what's got to happen. He said what the conflict's got to be over. And so therefore, we don't always recognize that what's in our news corresponds with what the Bible says is an issue of the conflict. We're told in our news, the problem is Hamas. Well, in the Bible, it says that who's coming against Jacob is what's being imposed upon him is violence, or Hamas. Daniel chapter 9, verse 11, or we can say it this way, Daniel 9.1.1. Daniel 9.1.1 says, All Israel has transgressed the Torah, even by departing, that they may not obey your voice. Remember, Jacob has to obey the voice. Declare the voice, following Torah. But this says you're not doing that. So what do we know when Jacob doesn't follow the voice of the God of Israel? Esau has dominance. And so when Esau has dominance, that's a curse upon Jacob. Therefore it says, all Israel has transgressed the Torah by departing that they may not obey your voice. Therefore the curse is poured upon us. The oath that is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, because we sinned against him. The word curse is the Strong's number 423. It consists of the Hebrew letters Aleph, Lamed, and Hay. And with Without putting vowels in there, Aleph, Lamed, and He could be pronounced.
counts. Allah. So because you're transgressing the Torah, I'm putting the curse upon you, which this curse is Allah. Because this violence is being done in the name of Allah. This is a characteristic of the battle between Jacob and Esau. Next we want to look at Daniel chapter 2. Daniel chapter 2 contains a dream of Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel interpreting that dream. Daniel chapter 2 verses 1 through 3. In the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams where his spirit was troubled and his slate break from him. Then the king commanded to call the magicians, the astrologers, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans to show the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king. And the king said, I have dreamed a dream and my spirit is troubled to know or to understand the dream. Daniel chapter 2 verse 19, it goes on to say, then was the secret or the dream revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. The God of Israel gave him the answer and Daniel had a vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel chapter 2 verse 24, therefore Daniel went in into Ariok whom the king had ordained to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and said thus unto him, destroy not the wise men of Babylon, bring me in before the king and I will show unto the king the interpretation. Daniel goes on to explain in Daniel chapter 2 verse 25 then Ariok brought in Daniel before the king. Daniel explains Daniel chapter 2 verse 31 and 32 you O king you saw a great image. The image head was of fine gold and that represents Babylon. His breast and his arms of silver and belly. This has got to represent the kingdom that defeated Babylon which is the Medes and the Persians and thighs of brass. That's got to represent the Grecian Empire. His legs of iron. That's got to represent the Roman Empire. And then his feet. Part of iron and part of clay. So the kingdom in the end of days during the time of Jacob's trouble is the ten toes. Ten toes kingdom. Because it, then it goes on to say in Daniel chapter 2 verse 35 then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver and the gold broken to pieces. And there was a stone that smote the image and it became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. The stone is the judgment upon the nations which happens for dividing the land defeating the ten toes rule and reign in the earth in the end of days and with the defeat of the ten toes we have Messiah setting up his kingdom and ruling and reigning on the earth with redeemed Jacob. Regarding the ten toes Daniel chapter 2 verse 41 it says whereas you saw the feet and toes part of potter's clay and part of iron the kingdom shall be divided but there shall be in it of the strength of the iron for as much as you saw iron mixed with clay. The word mixed there is the Strong's number 6151. It's the Aramaic word Arab. So in describing the ten toes that was mixed, it says iron Arab with clay. Iron Aaron, iron Arab, which means mixed with clay. In the book A Matter of Return by Rabbi Eisenberg, in commenting on the ten toes, he gives an explanation that the ten toes represents Esau and Ishmael combined. Now we would render it this way in our modern world. It is Western civilization seeking to unite with the Muslim world. And that is what the West is trying to do. The United States is trying to make friends with the Arab world and accepting Islam. And they're welcoming Islamic and Islamic beliefs in the United States now. They're not stepping down on any persecution of Islam or Islamic beliefs in the United States. Europe has encouraged Muslims to move into Europe and mosques are dominating England right now and overtaking England. So they're seeking to merge, the West is seeking to merge itself with Islam. But the prophecy says that iron and clay don't mix. 
they have opposing ideologies and they're not able to be merged. What did I mention earlier in my comments about the events that's happening in Israel right now and the intent? The Western powers, the United States and Europe, wants to merge the Middle East with Europe. They want to combine the iron in the clay. But the prophecy says that it doesn't work. We have a comment in the congregation that says that supposedly Prince Charles, who's supposed to be the protector of Christian faith under the auspices of the Anglican Church, converted to Islam back in the 70s. There's a report of that. The next characteristic is from Psalm chapter 83, and that is the Esau coalition wants to make the name of Israel to cease to exist. Psalm 83, verses 2 through 5, it is written, For lo, your enemies make a tumult, and they that hate you have lifted up the head. They've taken crafty counsel against your people. They've consulted your hidden ones. They have said, Come, and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. They have consulted together with one consent, they are a confederate against you. So speaking about this coalition that wants to make the name of Israel be no more in remembrance, it describes the coalition this way, Psalm 83, verse 6. The tabernacles of Edom, or the tents of Edom, or the house of Edom. So this coalition together is named in the name of Esau. The tabernacles are the tents of Esau. And this tent, or this house, or this coalition consists of the Ishmaelites, Moab, Moab, Hagarines, Gabal, Ammon, Amalek, Philistines, Tyre, Asher, the children of Lot. We in the Western world would call this coalition the Arab world. And so the coalition of the Arab world that's coming against the nation of Israel, the Bible calls it, it's under the auspices of Esau, or the house of Esau. So let's summarize these characteristics of Jacob and Esau in the end of days, so that we can understand whether we are in this conflict now, which when the conflict draws in the entire world into it, it is called Jacob's trouble. Number one, Esau wages a war of violence against Jacob. That's Ezekiel chapter 35 verse 5. Number two, Esau says the mountains of of Israel is his possession. That's Ezekiel 36 verses 1 and 2. Number 3, Esau hides in caves. Obadiah chapter 1 verse 3. Number 4, Esau is fighting violently against Jacob. The Hebrew word for violence is Hamas. Obadiah chapter 1 verse 10. And Esau fighting against Jacob is a curse, and it's associated with the curse of Allah, Daniel chapter 9 verse 11. And then there's a coalition of the end of days of Western power seeking to merge itself with and join with Arab forces and that's Daniel chapter 2 verse 41 that's iron mixed with clay the word mixed is Arab and then finally Esau wants to make the name of Jacob to be no more in remembrance there's a coalition that comes together that seeks to destroy the nation of Israel from those characteristics can you see that we are in the conflict now and these are the characteristics of the conflict that characterizes tribulation days now in Obadiah chapter 1 verse 15 the setting is the day of the Lord, which is the end of days, which is tribulation and messianic times. And in the Torah anthology to the book of Obadiah and the book of the Twelve Prophets, volume 1, page 485, it explains that in the day of the Lord, or that the end of days, that 
that Esau will be defeated. And it quotes Ezekiel 35 verse 11. Therefore, as I live, says the Lord God, I will do according to your anger and according to your envy, which you have done out of your hatred against them. According to hatred you have against the children of Israel, I'm going to do against you. In the art scroll of Ezekiel, page 543, it comments to Obadiah chapter 1 verse 21, which says, at that time, that is the day of the Lord, that book of the Bible is dealing with Esau's judgment for his conflict with Jacob. Saviors will go up on Mount Zion. Now, the Saviors going up on Mount Zion is what the book of Revelation picks up and refers to as the 144,000 in Revelation chapter 7 Revelation chapter 14. The 144,000 are seen as being on Mount Zion. Saviors will go up on Mount Zion to punish Mount Esau. Then, the kingdom will be the Lord's. Messiah will set up his kingdom once he sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives. Esau, as the force of evil in the world, Esau's downfall and judgment will usher in Messianic times. In the Art Scroll of the Twelve Prophets, Volume 1, in the commentary to the book of Obadiah, it goes on to explain that Arbabanel and Malbum, two rabbis, also understand that the destruction of Edom refers to the final annihilation which will take place in Messianic times, in the Messianic era. Now, how will Esau be defeated? We already mentioned that Jacob has to do so with his voice. He has to do it spiritually. He has to draw close to the God of Israel, follow his Torah, and stand on the covenant that was made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's how the victory is achieved. But here we're going to be given additional detail that in order for Esau to be defeated, that the entire house of Jacob must unite. In other words, Ephraim and Judah, the two houses of Israel, only united, only united can defeat Esau. They must unite or else they will not be able to get the upper hand over Esau. So in the Art Scroll of Genesis, page 1314, as Rashi expresses it, when Rachel had given birth to Joseph, Joseph, and Joseph is the father of the ten tribes, who is, and Joseph, who is destined to be the adversary of Esau. So the commentary to Obadiah chapter 1 verse 18, which says, And the house of Jacob shall be a fire, and the house of Joseph a flame, and the house of Esau shall be a straw. Fire is a reference to Jacob, who without a flame, that is, Joseph, is ineffective. And it's only with the birth of Joseph, who is like a flame, could Jacob hope to defeat Esau. The Art Scroll of Ezekiel, page 546. According to Baba Basra 123b, that's a Talmudic source, Rachel's descendants are the antagonists of Esau. Joseph is to be the flame which will consume the straw, which is Esau. Israel never won a victory over Edom unless its army contained contingents from Joseph's family. Edom had enjoyed military success against the kingdom of Judah, 2 Kings chapter 8, verse 20 and 22. But they were not able to have military success against Northern Kingdom and Southern Kingdom combined. In the Torah anthology to the Book of the Twelve Prophets, Volume 1, it also communicates this understanding that the descendants of Esau can only be overcome by the power of the sons of Rachel. And this specifically refers to Joseph, the head of the ten tribes, rather than Benjamin, because Benjamin is seen as being with and sojourning with Judah. 
in the Art Scroll to the Twelve Prophets, Volume 1, page 277, commenting to Obadiah chapter 1, verses 15 through 18, it goes on to explain that the descendants of Joseph, who will ultimately return from the exile imposed upon them by the Assyrian Empire, that is the ten tribes, it is their return from their exile who will come upon Edom like a raging fire and consume the entire nation. So it's only when the ten tribes return from exile, which means they unite with Judah, is how Esau can be defeated. This is the biblical solution to the problem. If we try anything else, we will be overcome in the conflict. And the Torah anthology to the book of the Twelve Prophets, Volume 1, commenting to Obadiah chapter 1, verse 21, that says, And liberators, or saviors, or helpers, will come upon Mount Zion to judge the Mount of Esau. Well, that's going to conclude part two of the series on the subject, the end-time battle between Jacob and Esau. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.